Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Psychic medium Karen Reese back with us, known among clients as one of the most accurate psychics in the field. Besides celebrities, Karen works with law enforcement to help solve cold cases. Karen is also a skilled historian, artist, exorcism expert as well. She was last on with me about a year, well, a little more than a year ago. Karen, welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Oh, I remember when you were on, it was during the peak of COVID. What a disaster. You did a great job, but what a time period for people, huh? Oh, it is. You know, it's, it's still kind of crazy, but I do think in a big kind of picture thing, at least it gives us a chance to reflect and really look at what's really important in our lives, you know, what we should, you know, look at and what we should, you know, stop wasting our time with. Absolutely. Karen, how did you get involved with working with law enforcement? You know, I'll tell you, the very first time a client of mine actually had contacted me, I've been on a radio show, and um, they called up, and I started picking up the name of the perpetrator. So that's how I first started to get involved into um, doing cases. And then thereafter, you know, people started finding out that I do it. I don't promote it a lot. I do a lot of it behind the scenes. Um, And I have a lot of people in law enforcement throughout the United States and actually Canada. So... um, I originally started with one case and then another case, and then it just sort of, you know, started to sprinkle. So um, it's kind of interesting. I think what you put out, sometimes you attract. um, Law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. And I find it interesting. Like, I find the whole, the way in which people that, perpetrators, you know, the way in which they think and what, you know, motivates them, you know, to do what they do. I find it fascinating because normal people don't think like that. Do you sometimes step into the mind of the murderer or the perpetrator? I do, and it's really kind of interesting because I could see somebody on TV. Actually, I'll give you a case in point. Scott Peterson, years ago, yeah. the first time he appears on um, the station, and I remember saying, and, you know, he's bawling and whatever, find my wife, and at that point he wasn't really a suspect. I remember looking, and all of a sudden I snapped into um, his mind for a minute as well as I ended up snapping into um, unfortunately, uh, his wife, Lacey, and I remember going into the water and I could feel the water. I could feel, you know, feel a calmness with her. And then I also, um, ended up going into his mind. And it's really weird when I've experienced the mind of these murders, especially serial killers, which is where I tend to work in, um, their sense of happiness and my sense of happiness, the way they perceive it, the feelings are totally different. You know, you can be happy and I can be happy over the same thing, but our actual feelings are totally different. Um, So I will go into the the mind of a killer. I will sense, you know, what's the impetus behind it, what motivates them, what kind of charge do they get, and then I'll actually feel their sensations. Um, I'll hear their mind chatter. I'll hear and see in which they look at the strategies behind what they're doing. You know, it's like that prey victim kind of thing. So... It's really kind of odd because it doesn't relate any way in which I live my life or the way in which I perceive my world. But it's funny just seeing how there's that type of personality out there. Have you ever recreated the crime where you actually can feel and sense mm-hmm. the murder or whatever happened? I do that a lot. And oh, I don't gosh. When, yeah, so it's really, um, it's strange. I've been both a victim and a perpetrator. Um, and what's really weird when I have, like, say, a murder-suicide or, say, the serial killer passes away, um, and I'll actually connect with that person on the other side and really get a 
big, you know, view about it, but I'll I'll feel myself, say, walking in a field or I'll feel myself, you know, plunging like a knife um, or choking or if I'm the victim, I can feel the compression on my neck as an example. Um, and it's really kind of interesting, too. It's almost like I go out of body for a minute um, and that I can go into their body and I can sense the, like, the hormonal changes, the energy, the chemistry. Um, it's just a real weird kind of way of, of living life and experiencing that. Um, the good news is at least it gives me a chance to try to connect the dots, you know, for family members sure. um, as well as law enforcement helps to, you know, lead them into their you know, you know, guide them into that area. But it's it's really weird, though, because you don't think of yourself. Oh, I and you're bet. Like, How do people do that? You know, like, I don't even like to hurt a fly. And yet these people are just, they have, like, no sense of accountability. Do you, um, do you ever feel, Karen, get me out of this body, like, or, or wherever you are? <laughs> I feel that about my own body daily, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do, you know. But I, it's so weird. You know how they say that the eyes are the windows to the soul? Yes. I'll come face to face. Um, and it's funny, even when the killer is still in the living, it's like an out-of-body experience. This person will go out-of-body or I'll go out-of-body or we'll both meet in this place, like in a meditation or sleep state. And I'll go eye-to-eye you know, with this particular killer and you just see nothing but coldness. Like there's no soul, no spirit. There's to nothing. It's just this, yeah, you know, and you know, people have met people, you know, you probably meet maybe one or two people in your entire life that has that emptiness, you know, that blankness, that lack of um, spiritual connection. And um, but it's really kind of interesting. And then the vibrational energy that they give off, because everybody and everything has a frequency. So, you know, you're feeling a whole different vibration. Can they sense that you're hovering around them? They can, but you know, it's really weird. They're not really conscious about it. Like if they're still in the living, I've had connections on a more psychic, you know, type of connection, and it's almost like they might be sitting there and kind of like looking at somebody touching my shoulder, but I don't see them, you know. So you know that at some level they're sensing it, but they can't really put two and two together. Um, so yeah, they definitely uh, can sense it. Um, There's a movie here somewhere, Karen. There's a movie here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, George, it's so weird. I've had experiences. I always get very strange cases and strange readings compared to most psychics that are out there. But I've had instances, probably a handful of times, where I've had, say, a woman come in and then the perpetrator that killed her, like a murder-suicide. Now, I know they're both in two different places, and I might be reading, say, this woman's brother. And, you know, and people will say, well, why is this person there, you know, my, my sister's ex-husband or whatever the situation may be. And in that particular instance, either you have one or, two, uh, one or two experiences, this person is still trying to stalk or they're obsessed and they're still in the afterlife, they're still trying to make that connection and control that, their prey, their, whether it's um, somebody they don't know or their wife or whatever, that obsession, they're still trying to you know, live that on the other side. And by the way, we'll say, um, fortunately, the victims are always well protected. They're in a better landscape, so to speak. Um, or in some instances, they're coming in to apologize to the family. You know, I killed your sister. I owe you an apology. But I still find it fascinating that there have been instances where the perpetrator is still trying to, um, you know, carry on these types of desires. You know, they get a real high because it's a real energy. They need a real strong emotional um, state, I guess, maybe to feel alive in their own strange way, whether it's in the physical 
um, realm or in the spiritual realm. What happens to them in a reincarnated world where they were horrible in, in a life and then they get reincarnated, they die? Do they stay the same way or do they get better? Um, it really depends. When you have real vile, evil, demonic people, from my experience, I don't see them reincarnating, uh, reincarnating anytime soon. Usually they're in, like, the pit of hell, and there's so many different dimensions. You know, as a kid, I used to go out of body to all different dimensions, and I've seen them in the types of things that I've done. And thank God, I very much believe in God. God created everything, um, so I always feel protected. Although when somebody does come into the earth plane and they have to reincarnate, usually they have a very difficult experience. Either they're trying to work out what they did in a previous life, but I've got to tell you, typically speaking, if you have the mind of a serial killer, it usually never works out. If, on the other hand, it's um, not a serial killing, but maybe like a lover's quarrel or, you know, maybe a husband's obsessed or a boyfriend's obsessed, you know, then they have a likelihood of coming back and having to try to manage their emotions, you know, try to live a better life, maybe find the Lord. Um, and usually you'll have some guides that will help, but, you know, it really um, comes up to you. And a lot of times you don't always reincarnate right away. You know, they may be right. to like a schoolhouse in between, or they may be, there's this one um, dimension, and I've been there quite a bit. It's not really hell hell, but the best way to describe it is like people walking around with, like, with Dick Tracy, um, you know, raincoats, and they've got their collars up, and it's like in a, you know, urban setting, like a New York City. Nobody's talking. It's maybe late at night. You see car lights. You see a little bit of rain, and everybody's like looking around and just thinking. It's like the place where you're thinking. Is it what the Catholics call purgatory? Um, I guess it could be. I think the Catholics were somewhat correct because there's so many different dimensions. I know that they typically talk about heaven, hell, and purgatory, but there's multiple um, dimensions. To some extent, it could be considered a form of purgatory. Oh, yeah. And it's even funnier, too, because I've been to um, the realms where you see, you know, especially serial killers, where if you, if you go there, it's just the weirdest energy because you see serial killers around serial killers, and you can just sense they're hunting. They're still in that hunting mode. It's a very strange, um, you know, form. Well, with psychic... Go ahead, Karen. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think that people always um, make the choice. They know what they're doing is wrong, but it's it's an instinct that they can't control. Well, with psychic medium Karen Reese, her website is her name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. She spells her first name differently, K-A-R-Y-N, by the way. And we're going to be talking about negative hauntings with her, psychic artistry to solve crimes, uh, dream interpretations, near-death experiences. When we take calls next hour, Karen, would you also interpret dreams? Do you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, great. Okay, super. It's all kinds of things like that. <laughs> negative hauntings. What what is a negative haunting? What does that mean to you? Um, for well, my uh, word, demonic. Usually, you'll have some sort of demonic entity that could be you know obsessed, possessed, um, and you know usually it'll start off maybe somebody's doing something that they shouldn't be doing. You know, maybe they're doing like a Ouija board when they shouldn't be doing it, and they're doing it for fun, and they get themselves caught up into something or. You know, you might have some people that are um, using negative energies, witchcraft in a negative way, the black arts, they're pulling something in, or maybe they go to a haunted you know, house or whatever and they bring something home. So 
Um, you know, oftentimes I've had people call. And, you know, I always tell people, you may have visitors. Your house might be haunted. You might feel like, you know, the hair on the back of your neck go up. It might be a little cold. That doesn't necessarily mean it's evil. Right. Um, to me, you know, you'll know evil. You know, you may smell sulfuric um, eggs. You may have the um, room temperature in your house go down. You might wake up with scratches. You might have a very bad mood. You might start fighting with, you know, your loved ones. You know, so in those cases, I'll come in and, um, you know, move the energy on, release whatever, um, you know, being is there and try to figure out why they're there, how they got there, and then, you know, get them to move on. What about saging the place? You know, I really have to say from my experience, I never buy into it. I really like. I, I never did either because it was too weird. It's just. It, yeah, it's like you think that these beans are catatonic, like they're going to just dum 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 follow out the smoke. And I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. These are, you know, intelligent beans, whether it's a spirit person who's evil or it's a demonic being. You know, saging to me just is really pointless. You know, the conviction of what you have in your heart of hearts, you know, you own your place, you own it, you know, this is your or whatever, you have the power within to push that energy out, although most people rely on a rabbi or a minister or a psychic to help facilitate that, but you're really the one in charge, and saging is just a waste. And what is it about the herb that's supposed to chase them out? Honestly, George, my experience, it has never worked. It doesn't work. Um, I think it's maybe, you know, folklore or maybe the intention behind it. So when you have people with intentions, because intentions are energy, that, um, you know, it may help to push or facilitate it. But, I mean, it's really... Smells up your house, you get out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I have allergies, so it's never good, you know, so... What is negative haunting? A negative haunting is definitely when you have some sort of being that's just harassing you. And it can get to different levels. Like a poltergeist? Poltergeist, yep, demon, you know, somebody that's naughty on the other side, um, somebody who wants to do harm, control you, possess you, um, you know, and depending if you're in a weak state, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're having a hard time, you know, if you have negative energy, they're going to feed off of that. So, um, you know, you always want to try to keep your mind positive or at least, you know, say your prayers. I was going to say, how can you, if, if sage doesn't work, what can you do to stave off these negative hauntings? That's a good question. Uh, one of the things, holy water. That actually works. Really? Blessed holy water? Yep, holy water, whether you go to your temple, your church, you know, the intention is behind that. Um, but the biggest thing is knowing, you know, making, it, making whatever being is around you, they understand that this is your place and that they need to go and be firm. I remember... Um, just shortly before, unfortunately, the um, towers dropping, and I remember seeing that years ago happening. I remember seeing a moss man come right into my room. This thing was big. I was meditating, and I'll tell you, it was very firm, and I'm looking at, you know, what was about to happen, which broke my heart, and this thing was very um, defined. It did not want to leave, and I finally had to just keep pushing it out, you know, in the name of God, you need to leave, and you need to leave now. You know, God created everything good and bad, so, you know, pairing up and putting your, you know, your energy, aligning it with God and telling whatever's in your house that you need to go in the name of God um, and holy water definitely will help to exercise it. And But you've got to be firm about it. Karen, does a haunted house necessarily always mean that something somebody died there? Nope. You know, that's a really good question. You can go to the gas station, pump gas, get in your car. This has actually happened to me, and have a visitor follow you home or go home with you. An entity you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You're you're talking about some stalker guy. 
exactly. <laughs> that could happen too. So be careful. Exactly. You know what exactly. they're now, 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 now what they're doing, at least in St. Louis, where I am right now, you'll, you'll pump gas. Some people keep their FOB, the FOB key in the car. People jump in the car, turn it on and off they go. They steal the car, pull the, they, they rip the gas pump thing right out of the, uh, nozzle in the the gas hole and uh, they just take off you got to be careful Jeez, it's, there's evil know, everywhere you know it is you know and the vibrational is getting so you know dicey now um but but you were saying you don't necessarily have a haunted house from a dead person what then makes it haunted um energy you know energy can attach to somebody energy can attach to you and then you can bring that energy home um, you could have a package come to you, you know, like a divot box, or, you know, you could just have something you could pick up at antique, bring this antique into your house, um, or go to, say, um, garage sales or whatever people do. I don't do that, but um, you could bring something in and bring it home with you. Your intention could be um, in a very negative place, and you can just happen to go uh, somewhere where there might be a negative being. That negative being can follow you. What people don't realize, and I've done this since I was a kid, you know, I could go shopping at the grocery store. I remember when I was like three or four and I would see like maybe a husband following, you know, a wife in the grocery store or, you know, you're in a cemetery and you see maybe one or two people there and then suddenly somebody latches on. Oh, you know, I think I'll follow that man home. So that's how you get the negative energy and that can follow you home. You don't have to have an old home in order to have a haunted home. You know, it's all about your intention or if you're just, you know. Well, what do you do with the holy water? Just sprinkle it around? I do. I hit all the doorways and the windows, so any, like, outlet area. How about closets? You can do closets. There's always a demon in a closet, right? Uh, Yeah. You know, I've had instances myself, which is really funny. Um, Anytime I have something demonic to clean, um, whether it's, like, a commercial building or maybe somebody's house or something like that, always the night before, I'll start getting harassed. And I've had instances where... The temperature in my house has dropped to like 40 degrees. Doors have gone slamming. Lights start to flicker. Oh, jeez. In my dream state, I have had instances where one time I'm, I was pushed off of a, um, like a cliff or something, and I'm falling on my back, and I'm looking to my left. I'm looking to my right as I'm going deeper. I'm seeing these, you know, caves, and I'm seeing these demonic beings. And I'm laughing because I know I'm going down to like the pit of hell. And then suddenly I said, I saw myself with God's white light, and I swear to God, it felt like a spring, and I'm like back up. Um, looking over the steep canyon. And you're out of there. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.